too, but His presence is filling this place. I am humbled at how awesome our God is. I am honored that He graced us with His presence this morning. And I am excited about the word that He stirred up within my heart. We all know that Resurrection Sunday, that some call Easter, is the day that we celebrate that Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. That He snatched the keys of the gates of Hades from Satan himself, and He ascended back up again. He is alive Amen. and He is well Amen. today, yesterday, and yes. forever. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega, the beginning and the end. He, we do not worship a dead God. We don't worship a God that there's only a statue of Him. There was countless witnesses of who He was and His resurrection. We worship a God who is alive and well. And that is the title of my message today. Jesus is alive. I would like to just read this story for you. If you've never heard it, it's in several of our uh, Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke uh, give accounts of this. And um, I'm going to be reading the accounts of Jesus' resurrection this morning from Matthew chapter 28. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to that. If you have your iPhones and, and go to your Bible app, move to Matthew 28. And uh, I'm going to read that right now. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee, where you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Like we just did this morning. We worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Go to Galilee. There they will see me. That's the story of Jesus' resurrection. Just like it was prophesied. Just like he told the Pharisees and Sadducees, You destroy this temple, and it will be rebuilt in three days. Here we see what happened? One of the greatest truths of all time and all humanity is that Jesus is alive. You see, there are some other religions out there where you can go and visit the tomb of Buddha. You can go to the respected places of, um, of Muhammad and Allah and all these other places that you can go and visit uh, the shrines and the temples. But here's what I know. We don't know exactly where Jesus' tomb was today. And why is that? Uh, why don't we know? Because it's empty. It's of insignificance. There's nothing there to commemorate or to, uh, to worship or idolize because he himself was alive. He himself greeted these women on the road. And it is him and alive 
and a healthy and a powerful God is who we worship this morning. And 1 Peter 2.24 says that He, Jesus, bore our sins. An innocent man died for us, the guilty. Jesus paid a price that we were unable to pay. Even if we wanted to pay it, we couldn't. Because the price to cover the sins was a spotless lamb. Someone who was without sin, without deform or defect. And, and we were all born into sin. But Jesus himself was the only one that, as people look around, who could pay such a price for all of humanity? Because sin has got to be covered by uh, blood of an innocent. And Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, the one that John uh, the Baptist who said, who takes away the sins of the world. Mm -hmm. He is the one who died on the cross, a vicious death. He was humiliated. He was beaten. He was his beard was plucked out. He was punched. He was mocked. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They whipped his back 39 times, laying open the skin where most people would die just from that. Then he was nailed on his hands and his feet and they raised to a cross to suffocate and die. And at the end, they pierced his side with a spear. He paid that price even though he was innocent for you and for me. That's how much he loved you this morning. But that's not where it ended. Praise God. That's not where it ended. He is risen. This is what Matthew 28, uh, 1 through 10 told us. Uh, we already read that the angel spoke to them. Do not be afraid. He is not here. This is what I want to take away from this verse. One, the angel testified that he was risen. The women ran to testify that he was risen. And here I am now testifying to you and to all who are listening to this recording and this live uh, broadcast that Jesus is risen. My question to you, my challenge, my encouragement to you, are you testifying to those that you know who are around you in your workplace, in, in your sphere of influence, on your Facebook page, all your Facebook friends? Are you testifying to them that he is risen? Amen. Jesus is alive. Amen. Hallelujah. That Jesus Christ Son of God, that He is alive and well. Jesus is not only alive and well, He is active and working. You see, He's not just a God who's sitting on the throne, just waiting for worship only. No, Jesus is our Lord. Lord means absolute ruler. Ruler of every aspect of our life. And He is active. And this is what I, I love when I read John 5, 17. But Jesus replied, My Father is always working, and so am I. If he said that then, and he said in Malachi 3, I am the Lord and I do not change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he was working then and he's working now. You see, we have an accuser called Satan, Lucifer, the devil, the evil one. And he is constantly tempting you with different things. He's going to hit you. He doesn't fight fair. He hits you below the belt. He, he, he manipulates you. He lies to you. He gets you to sin and says it's going to be all right. And when you do sin, then he turns around and accuses you to the Father. And says, look at what they've done. They deserve death, hell, and the grave. That's what they deserve. But here's what I'm excited to tell you this morning. We have a Christ, a Savior, who is alive and well, Amen. who stands at the right hand of the Father, who intercedes for you and I, who is our defense attorney. He says, yes, that might be the case, but they confessed it to me. And because I died on the cross, the perfect Lamb of God, I washed your sins away. I cast yes. it as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. They are not bound by death, hell, and the grave. 
Father, you saw that I paid the price, Jesus says, and I have forgiven them. And he intercedes for you and I today. He's actively working on your behalf. Praise Amen. God. And he says, this is what uh, John testifies in John, 1 John 2, 1. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, you have an advocate who pleads your case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. You know, it takes a righteous one to plead our case. You can't have a, a two of the guilty party trying to say that we are... are, are okay and for the judge to forgive us we have a defense attorney who is righteous and holy and that is jesus christ so here we know that he is alive and well he is active and he is working on our behalf but in in scriptures it says we are to follow christ's examples we are to love what he loved to hate what he hate we are to do what he did we are to be followers of Jesus Christ. That's what Christians mean, to be Christ-like, to follow his examples. And we have to look in his wonderful scriptures to see what it says about who his character was. What was it that he did? He had compassion for the lost, for the poor, the hurting, the sick, and the needy. He met them. He laid hands on them. He prayed for them. He did all sorts of things. It said that he wept over Jerusalem because they were like uh, like sheep without a shepherd, meaning they're going to fall to the wilds of the enemy. Uh, sheep are, are, are um, prey animals. Bears and lions, we know, would come, and wolves would come and attack them, and they need a shepherd to defend them. And Jesus Christ is that shepherd. Praise God. And this is what it says right here in Mark 16. And then he told them, this is Jesus talking, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. We need Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if he is always working, and if he's always about the Father's business, shouldn't you and I also be working and be about the Father's business? You see, we get caught up in our careers, in our lives, in our hobbies, in all the things that come to distract. And they perhaps aren't even bad things, they're good things. But how much are you doing the things that God has called you to do? How much are you preaching the gospel, the good news, to all of creation? You See, you advance in your, your hobbies and you get good at the sports or your career or whatever it is that you're doing, but how good are you at witnessing? How good at you are you at sharing the gospel? That's what I'd like to know this morning. We can all get better, but here's the thing. you got to start where you are. Start where you are. Develop your relationship with Jesus Christ. Learn who He is and what He's done for you. And then simply testify about that. Testify where you were and where He's brought you to. I used to be here. This is what I was. I was heading to, to hell. And this is what He delivered me from. And now this is where I'm at. Begin with your testimony. But at some point you've got to be able to lead them to the, to the throne room through an example of your lifestyle, your praise and worship, through your testimony. you got to lead them to the saving knowledge of Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. He also leaves instructions that I just read to you, Mark uh, 16, chapters, uh, excuse me, verses 15 and 16. Now I'm going to 17 and 18. These are instructions and signs of believers. These miracles, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. 
They will be able to handle snakes and, uh, safely, and if they drink poisonous things, it will not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Praise God. These are the miraculous signs that will follow those that believe. Now, there are people running around afraid right now. And God said that He's not the author of fear. Do we have to take precautions? Sure. There is a real virus. We should have real distancing. That's what we're doing right now this morning. Everyone that you saw here, um, we all live under the same roof. We've been um, quarantining together. We're not violating any rules. I don't, I, you know, I, I'm going I'm to stop right here. I'm going to say I have some issues with, with some of the rules right now. Uh, uh, liquor stores can be open. Uh, marijuana dispensaries can be open. People can go to those places, but we can't, we can't go to our, uh, a second home if you have one. We can't congregate together as a church. It says in this verse that we are to lay our hands on the sick and they'll be healed. If we're so afraid as Christians of every person who might have a tickle in their throat and cough, and we're running around like scared little kids, how are we to do what God instructed us to do? He said, lay your hands on the sick. Now here's the thing, what does that take in order to do that? It takes faith. If you can't believe that God is going to protect you from coronavirus, how can you believe in a God that you cannot see? And believe in a salvation that you weren't there to witness? And that there's a spot and place for you in heaven? We all got to ask ourselves that. Do we have to use wisdom? Absolutely. Do we have to follow suggested guidelines? Absolutely we do. But we also got to follow the instructions that the Lord Jesus gave us. Amen. When he said, fear not, for I am with you. In this world, you will have troubles. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, lean not on your own understandings. But in all your ways, acknowledge God and he will direct your paths. He will make it straight. I'm not saying to test the Lord. But if you have an opportunity to pray for someone who is ill... In the mighty name of Jesus, as a disciple of God, who he set forth. And he said, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me, and I say to you, go out. You have that right, that authority. The very same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you and I today. And we can't walk around like scared little kids, scared little uh, people. We've got to be mighty warriors for Christ. I know some of that, I, I can feel it right now, it's challenging some of you, it's stretching your faith. This is what I encourage you. Go and dwell with the Lord. Seek His face, proximity to Him, and you'll know that you'll be safe. Praise God. He said that these, these signs and these instructions will follow those that believe. Start where you're at, develop your relationship with Jesus Christ. And let us know, and let us all be about the Father's business. And this is what I want to say to you right now. You know, it's, it's easy to testify. It's easy to witness when you recognize your need for a Savior. And we all have a need for a Savior. You see, we are born into sin. And this is what uh, Romans 3.10 says, None are righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It says that Jesus answered on uh, John 14, 6, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, 
And no one comes to the Father except through me. We have a need for the Savior this morning. We've got to recognize that need and call out to Him early and often. Like a, like a thirsty man in the desert calling for some water. Somebody bring me some water. And He says that He will give you water to drink that you'll never thirst again. He will provide that need. He is, this is what He is for me, and you can ask Him, uh, He's this for you. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Yeah. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He is Jehovah Nisi, my banner, my covering. He is Jehovah Shalom, the peace that passes all understanding in my mind and in my heart. He is Jehovah Roi, He is my shepherd. He is my protector. He is the one who watches over me. He is Jehovah Sitkani. He is my righteousness. It's not in my righteousness, because my righteousness, like Paul says, is like filthy rags. It is through His righteousness that I may be saved, that I may walk this walk and talk this talk. It's not anything that I did. It's a gift of God that I received by faith. And all I had to do was call upon the Lord. And it says in uh, Romans 10, 9, For everyone who calls upon the Lord will be saved. Mm -hmm. I'm saying to you this morning, call upon the Lord early and often. Call His name. Plead the blood of Jesus over you and your family. Ask that He protect you. Ask that He cancel the work and the lies and the stronghold of the enemy. Tear them down in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. We have a need for a Savior. And we are living in what some would call um, a, a time that is dark in this world. And we have to be the light. I'm not talking about a flashlight. I'm talking about letting the light of Jesus Christ shine in and through your light. And just before this all happened, in, in February, the Lord had given me a word. And I just want to share that word with you. I, he, he just led me in a time of prayer. I was in my office. And I was just working, and he, he, the Holy Spirit was wooing me. And I'm familiar with that, that wooing, and sometimes, you know, uh, I'm like, well, I'm busy, Lord. And he said, no, now. I said, all right. I went to the sanctuary. I kneeled at the altar, and I started seeking the Lord. And after about 45 minutes or an hour, I just felt the Spirit of the Lord washing over me and started speaking. And this is the word that he gave me then, and I'm going to read it to you now. And he said, the first thing I heard was, light in the darkness. I heard the phrase, lighthouse, a beacon of hope. Have I not told you that I will never leave you nor forsake you? Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Run to the Lord, the strong tower of refuge. Hide beneath his wing. Stand on the rock. Stand on the word of God. During this time of year, you're going to hear many voices saying many different things. Learn to calm yourself. Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Then I said, Lord, what, what does that mean? He says, know that God is source. God is the answer to the question that you seek. He is the cure to your ailment. He is the peace of mind. He is your covering. He is your salvation. God is not dead. He is alive. Your tears may last for the night, but your joy is coming. Believe that. God is not a man that he should lie. He said that your joy is coming. Amen. Amen. I, I just want, I hope that feeds someone's soul this morning. I pray that that just answers some questions. And I'm saying we've got to draw in close proximity. In my devotions this morning, I was reading about uh, Samuel. And it said that the word of the Lord was, it was scarce in those days. And visions were far and few between. 
And this is what it says. While Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the Ark of the Covenant, he heard the verse, the voice of the Lord. Let me tell you that again. Samuel, a young man, sleeping in God's house and close to his presence. You want to hear his voice. You want to get his direction. You want encouragement from him. I'm encouraging you to draw the close proximity to God. You've got to worship him. You want to feel his presence in your house? First, you've got to come to him with clean hands and clean feet. Confess your sins to him. He's faithful and just to forgive you. We know that, right? Then begin to thank him for all that he's done for you. All that you have. You may not think you have a lot, but you have more than someone else who is wishing they had what you got. So start to thank Him, and then start to praise Him. And as your praise arises, then begin to worship Him. And somewhere in that praise, that worship, He is going to show up. And it's in His presence that He's going to do your miracles. It's in His presence that He's going to meet that need. It's in His presence that you're going to get your healing, your peace of mind, your refreshing, and your renewing. Amen? Amen. You're not going to find it anywhere else but in the presence of the Almighty Father. This morning, we're going to take communion together. I'm excited about this. Hopefully you got the message. If not, I'm going to give you a moment. Grab a cracker, grab some juice, grab something in, uh, in your, your fridge, and let's get those elements together. And I'm going to, uh, we're going to do it here as well. We're going to take communion because we're going to remember what it is that Jesus did on the cross for us. We're going to remember what it is that he did in his ultimate sacrifice. Take some time, get those elements prepared. <clears throat> if you get that, uh, your cracker or your uh, bread or whatever it is that you have, Now I'm going to read to you in Luke chapter 22, verse 19. And I'm going to read about the bread. I'm going to pray over the bread. We'll take it then. I'm going to read about the juice that represents blood. We're going to pray for that. Then we'll take that. In verse 19, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us never forget. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for the ultimate sacrifice that you paid. Thank you for your body that was beaten and bruised for us. That by your stripes we are healed. Father God, we never want to forget. Give us the words to say, to express our testimony to others. We thank you. And Father God, we take this bread now in remembrance of you. Take and eat. Praise you, Jesus. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is my new covenant. In my blood, which was poured out for you. Father God, thank you for shedding your blood for us. That, Father, it was only your blood that could wash away the sins of the world. 
you, the innocent Lamb of God, that took away the sins of the world. We thank you for that. May we never forget it. May we share this testimony with all that we see and encounter. And Lord, we take this now in remembrance of you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Take and drink. Praise you, Jesus. Just worship him in your own way, just for a moment. Tell him how much you love him. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.
keep the lights on, the internet going, to get this message out to you, the equipment that it's requiring to do that. But more importantly than all that is for us to be in right standing and be obedient to the Father. There's several different ways you can do that on the websites and the text to give, or you can drop it off here at the church or mail it in to uh, the FCC. I just want to encourage you to just be faithful. You have been a generous people. You are a faithful people, and I thank God for that. I pray that He blesses you richly, that He does, and that all the promises of Scripture would be yours this morning as you're faithful to Him. And at this time, I'm going to invite my daughter Janae to come and read Psalms 91, uh, 1 through 8 to you. And uh, I pray that God richly blesses you this morning. We love you, we miss you, and we'll be back again soon. Psalms 91, 1 through 8. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Amen. Thank you, Janae. And if you want that protection this morning, you want that peace, you want all those promises that come from God, they, they belong to His children. If you're not one of His children, I want to encourage you to uh, enter in with a sinner's prayer right now, because Jesus said He's the way, the truth, and the life. And we all know that we have a need for the Savior. Even the unbeliever knows they just haven't um, been able to articulate that yet. They know there's a void in their life, and that void is Jesus. So I'm just asking right now, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right here and right now, you can decree and declare that. You can say this prayer that we're about to pray. And even if you backslid, you're not where you need to be, and you need to get back in right standing with the Father, you can do that as well. Just repeat after me right now, right here, in the mighty name of Jesus. Say, Father God, forgive me of my sins. Wash me. Cleanse me. In Jesus' name. I believe that you died on the cross for me. I believe that you raised from the grave. I'm calling upon you to be my Lord. My Savior, my absolute ruler, help me. Now, you have just said the sinner's prayer. Jesus is yours, and I don't want to stop there. And I want to encourage you to seek all that God has. And let's continue this prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome into my life. Help. Cleanse me. Guide me. Deliver me. Sanctify me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. I wish you a happy and merry Resurrection Sunday. Blessings to you in Jesus' name. From our family to yours. Happy Easter. We love you. We miss you. And I can't wait to have you back into the house of the Lord. God bless you guys.